With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Worried about keeping up with your fave friends all summer or posting every perfectly pink sunset you see? Don't sweat the connect. You can have it made in the shade with four lines of unlimited data for $100 a month. Scroll the staycation pics, find your new go-to takeout spot, or catch some rays on video chat. Whatever you and the crew are into, all the data makes it all that much better. Smile, you're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply. All right, week 13 is almost done. That was a heck of a performance by the Patriots. Very excited about it. I'm doubly excited, actually. I have a really good post-Thanksgiving story for you. Oh, really? Yeah, you ready for this? Go ahead. This is how I want to start this off. Usually we do confessions at the end, but I have... I don't know if you've noticed. I've been very kind of pissed off this entire evening. Uh, We watched the Sunday night game, obviously. It worked during it, and... um, uh, on my way to the office today, uh, I fell on my bike. Um, the I was crossing the street, and this stupid rail car that exists in Cincinnati for no one to take has these grids, Gross. these grooves, yeah, yeah the tracks, horrible. and it was raining. And so uh, I was trying to turn. My tire slipped on the tracks, got caught in the groove, and I ate shit. There's, there's no, there's absolutely no coming back from it too, because it's like I've done it twice actually, and and it's, it's embarrassing, but it's also maddening because no one rides in that thing, and like there's no, there's no prevention there. Like it rides with you, right? It's not like oh, I'm going to avoid this by going, you know, the other. So I'm not embarrassed because it's literally impossible for me to be embarrassed in front of people in Cincinnati, but I destroyed my shoulder, my other shoulder. So I hurt my left shoulder uh, getting hit by a car on bike in D.C., hurt my right shoulder here, uh, hurt my knee, ripped my Lululemon sweatpants, which uh, which made me pretty angry. And the worst part is that I fell on the gear side of my bike. So I can't ride my bike right now to walk my bike 
the rest of the way to the office in the rain and will have to spend probably 40 minutes of my day tomorrow taking my bike to get you just fixed, which I literally just took because I got a tire pop by some glass left by some Cincinnati. Well, luckily, the Patriots, um, they were the they were the only performance worse than mine. (laughs) Oh, that sucks. And and what sucks is that like. So when I think of like a Lululemon pants ripping, you know, it's like the first ever pair I got was in 2008. The last forever. Yeah. And they were and, and my girlfriend at the time, she's Canadian. That's where it started. She's like, oh, you can get these pants the last, you know, the last 10 yeah. years. And it's sort of like a smoker who says, oh, yeah, but you could get hit by a car tomorrow. Why would I be healthy today? And of course, like my first Lululemon pants literally ripped on like a, a bed frame um, and uh and so, of course, it was like, well, they got hit by a car like right. five mi- five minutes into me wearing them. Um, but yeah, that that's a that's the uh, that's a bad beat in a in a couple you know in a sequence of them uh, for us today. I mean, th- and I was like, okay, I've taken the karma hit. The Patriots are now going to oh. come out and absolutely stomp on the Texans, yeah. and they didn't. And so, let's start with the Patriots. We're going to talk about the Ravens and the Niners here in a second, but let's start. Um, with the Pats. So my takeaway from this Patriots game, the one statistic that sticks out to me is Tom Brady just held on to the ball forever. It's not his MO. He is always one of the quickest in terms of getting the ball out of his hands. He avoids sacks. He gets rid of the ball quickly. His average time to throw was 3.15 seconds. Longest since we've been tracking it for an entire game. He's only had three over three seconds since 2011. Um, So the offense is not good. But really what this game told me is that defense doesn't matter. The Patriots defense has been great. Yeah. The Texans defense has been a travesty. And guess what? A good offense yeah. on the Texans side of things beat the living crap out of a terrible offense on the Patriots side of things. Yeah, I was uh, well. Yeah, I was remarking to our friend Josh, who will be on the podcast relatively soon, um, about you know the defense doesn't matter thing. Like, why should you? You know, defense has far less uh, to do with our predictions of fantasy points of all that kind of stuff. And I was remarking to him. That, you know, when I go and I bet props, for example, I'll put the, you know, something into a spreadsheet and I notice repeatedly the guy's yardage total has been like it autofills because it's been the same number for like weeks yeah. in a row. And to me, like that says nothing, you know, obviously these markets aren't as efficient as totals and point spreads, but they're pretty efficient. And if the betting market doesn't see much of a signal in, in defense, to, you know, in terms of stopping yardage totals, then we probably shouldn't either. And, and that's another example. The interesting thing about this game is that it started out fine. The Patriots moved the ball. They, they stalled out in the red zone. They kicked the field goal. They got a stop. They got actually two stops to start the game. And it was the Patriots' offense and their turnovers that really felled them in, that, in, in, the, you know, in the early part of the game. And they just couldn't come back from it. It was very similar when we watched the game last Sunday night with, with Aaron Rodgers. It was like, God, it's third and long. And I, and I have more faith in, in, uh, in Brady but less, you know, but less than I used to. But it's third and long, and I'm like, God, this guy's not an elite quarterback because I'm not scared that he's going to pick this up. Whereas the the guy on the other side of the field, you could stop their run, and Carlos Hyde had like 15 yards today, and it's third and ten, and I'm somewhat terrified of Deshaun Watson and his ability to make plays, uh, you know, uh, you know, on third down. Well, the the Texans did exactly the thing that. Uh, 
explains kind of why the defense doesn't matter as much as the offense, which is that they attacked the players on the Patriots side of the defense that couldn't do certain things. Yeah. Which is that happens on all defenses, right? Like Kyle Van Noy, there's a Kyle Van Noy and a Dante Hightower in every defense who are good in certain situations, but are not good in coverage, for example. Yeah. Right? And like they've shut Hopkins down in the first half, but they didn't have enough players that are all Stephon Gilmore's to be able to shut down all the other players. And so all the other players beat them. And it was a good game plan with an offense that has a bunch of good players. Um, the fantasy, uh, like, view on it is interesting because when you pick up a defense to start you don't care how good the defense yeah. is you care about the offense yeah. they're playing is yeah, right? right like th- that's that's what really matters so with that being said everyone is on twitter talking about all right you know the, the patriots are are done brady's washed and all this stuff what's your what's your take on the patriots yeah um i don't know i mean we the last two times we've we've backed the Patriots, we're talking about in green line edges that were less than one percent. It was one of those things where we just defaulted to okay, the Patriots are going to you know run over this team with a train because that's who they are, right? And there have always been these instances, you know, last season when they lost to Tennessee, last season when they lost to uh, the Miami Dolphins. There have always been these instances where we've said, okay, that's it. Like, I can no longer assume this out of New England, right? I can no longer assume that they're playing another team and, and you know, throw everything out and the Patriots are the side, right? Like, that's there have been number, a number of times when that's been the case, um, even during the times that we've been working together, and they always seem to come back. And so when I think of the Patriots, you know, next week they go to Kansas City, or sorry, the Kansas City comes to them, the look-ahead line was three and a half. I don't know what it is now that's part of our – our guests, but just looking at it going into the week, I I still have a hard time saying okay if it if it were to be three and a half, I'm taking Kansas City no matter what because like the the Patriots are this 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 thing where you just don't know if they are giving the fourth not necessarily a full effort but they're they're un, un, emptying the tank and, and so for me I would say the Pats are the are a great like don't bet the rest of the season because they're they're a team that like literally anything can come out of that. I am betting them to win the Super Bowl, though, this week. I'll just tell you that right now. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Playing play them long. But, I know what but you're saying. But a game-to-game, game, you just ha- – playing them – you're right. It's the same I, thing. I know what you're saying. I'm saying that for this exact reason, yeah, yeah. which is that, th- to me, the rest of the season – they've already made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. right? For me, the, the rest of the season for them is a tinkering. And – it seems as though a lot of times when they tinker, things can look really bad because until they get it kind of perfectly figured out, they just kind of don't know what they're doing. And it's very clear that from the wide receiver position, they just have no idea what they're doing. Philip Dorsett couldn't create separation if his life depended on it. Well, and he is like the best separator on the team besides Edelman. You haven't even gotten down to Nikhil Harry. <laughs> right. Nikhil Harry, I mean, should never play again. It was a disaster. Uh, Mohamed Sanu was... Mohamed Sanu, he's not a guy that's going to carry. It really looks like they miss a couple of guys in Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown and, who could have created some separation. And to take this back to the, now the seeding, right? Because like one of the things we probably thought about, it, at least implicitly, was, okay, Baltimore's on their heels. Houston's on their heels to some degree. There's no way they're going to come out and play a flat game with a crappy game plan when they need to win to maintain the one seed. And you look back, and because Baltimore's unbeatable, right? But you rewind to last season at this time, 
And that we were saying the same thing about Kansas City. You know, Patrick Mahomes is on his way to 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Oh, yeah, sure, Kansas City beat you in New England. But if you don't get the one seed, you're screwed. And it's like New England was just like, no, I mean, we'll do our thing. And then in the playoffs, we only have to win really two games to make it to the Super Bowl. And then we get a two, two weeks off and we can prepare for the team in the NFC that we play. And so... Like, I don't think even those assumptions are valid. Like, as long as New England wins the AFC East, gets a two-seater better, like, I, I would assume that they're they're perfectly content with that. Yeah, I'm not—to me, this game said that the Texans are a real team, yeah. despite some of the things that they've had happen to them in the past, um, and that the, the Patriots are just—they're not there yet. So, so, so Houston here— we got it. So again, Tennessee won today. Probably, you know, I th- I still agree with you. So we had an argument last week about Tennessee or Indianapolis, and I don't think that this changes what we thought about either team. Like I think Indianapolis got some breaks with some fumbles and turnovers and stuff, but then Tennessee got them all back in the second yeah. half and ended up winning. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Tennessee's brilliant. The the truth of the matter is though they're seven and five and they have two games against Houston in the last four weeks. Like. How, how much I mean, we'll do the simulation, obviously, but like Houston's Houston's a, a favorite to win the division, even though Tennessee has uh, basically win out and they win the you know they control their own destiny for basically the three or four seed in the AFC, given that they have the tiebreaker with Kansas City, as does uh, Houston. The so there's also the side of the Patriots and the Colts. So the Colts had a ton of injuries. Mm-hmm. You don't want to value a team when they're at their weakest the Patriots also had a bunch of guys who had the flu so I I mean it's not like they were at home playing with the flu they traveled to Houston to play with the flu so there's so many things that you don't know about these teams you don't want to overreact to one week that's what's so important so I'm not going to overreact to one week. how do you think that so you talk about Brady's time to throw what we what do you think their plan was and then what was because Houston was clearly playing man coverage with a lot of defensive backs against the Patriots receivers and you and I were talking during the game and it's like they have they have no quick game this is this is not they literally were expecting their receivers to beat Houston's defensive backs in against man coverage or against zone or whatever and 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 have Brady unload the football and when that didn't happen Brady had to hang on to the ball they had basically no quick game the entire well, day I don't know they did, certainly didn't have a productive quick game whether that was in their game plan or not right you still have to separate yeah 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 <laughs> you could say hey here's the game plan get rid of the ball in 2.2 seconds but if the guy's not open Brady's not going to throw it That's to true. me there are two reasons why that doesn't happen the first is these guys have no time playing with Tom Brady so he's not confident in them and they don't really know what's happening Aaron Rodgers too right last week we saw the same thing and Brady is so dependent on hey I need them to be on the same page as me. That's why he and Edelman do so well together. So I don't. I'm not, I don't think that their game plan was to wait forever and have these long developing yeah. plays. I think they expected to be able to win early against one of the worst cornerback. Uh, and, and we groups. we again see why when we compute war, receivers end up highest behind quarterbacks along with DBs because it's both sides, right? A receiver that can consistently get open. Is, is very extremely valuable. valuable and a defensive back that can cause the quarterback to hang on to the ball for half a second more than normal also adds value. We saw that very acutely tonight. The Ravens and the Niners were the best game 
uh, of the day. And the Ravens now, I think, have really solidified themselves ahead of the New England Patriots yeah. in terms of AFC team to beat. The Niners lost this game, but can you make an argument that it feels, to me, it felt like a win for them because they, and it sounds uh, D- Trent Dilferian, right? But the fact that they didn't come out and get just torched by the Ravens offense when everyone is beginning torched by the Ravens offense yeah. was impressive. They, their offense was by no stretch intimidated going into a hostile environment where it was raining. And I've got to say this, both teams, their run, their run game was what carried them. They had more rushing yards than passing yeah. yards, both teams. And it was still fun to watch. And I think the reason it was fun to watch is because both these teams decided they were going to go for it on fourth down very frequently, and that just ups the excitement of the game. So overall, I thought it was an impressive win for the Ravens, but equally as impressive a game by the Niners. Yeah, it was awesome. So I was watching the game with my wife, and I was explaining there was that Raheem Mostert run that won the the first one that he had for a touchdown, and it was one of the most beautifully. It's it was the. 100% 100% the reason why running backs don't matter that much and also why running sucks. But as you said, when it was executed, it's awesome. And, and you know, the Niners were really executing uh, in the run game, uh, you know, the synergy with their blocks and everything like that. And I think they showed a little bit of the vulnerability in the Ravens defense, especially in the front seven. Um, it was it was extremely interesting to see that. And I also I remarked this on Twitter, but to your point about the Niners defense, it was very refreshing to see. Lamar Jackson get to the back part of his drop, decide not to throw, step up, and have a, a rush that contained him a little bit. Like there were multiple plays where the Niners' defensive front was either, you know, collapsed the pocket, but not in a way where Lamar could scamper away from them and pick up gobs and gobs of yards. And I thought that that was, you know, he still had a good game on the ground, but, you know, that was a pretty, like, I think you know, pretty solid, you know, effort by them. And, you know, because most of his yards were on design runs. It wasn't the scrambling stuff. And I think the scrambles are really what kill you. I mean, you can kind of contain him in the design run game. I mean, to your point, not a single yard scramble. Yeah. Yeah. All all of his designed runs, uh, and there were 16 of them, gained a total of 100 yards. What's interesting is on those designed runs, he averages 6.3 yards per carry. From a clean pocket, he averaged 4.2 yards per attempt. So what the Niners did was impressive. If you can hold the Ravens to 20 points, right, you're like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to win this game. And ultimately, if the Niners can convert a fourth down when they need to, yeah. you know, they, they've got a real shot to win this game. Jimmy G was excellent over the middle of the field. A couple of not great throws on the outside, yeah. but um, that and a fumble that hurt him. And but but you're right. I mean, it was it was a game where if you come out of that as, as if you're San Francisco, you come out of that game saying we can be the best team in football. And that was something that honestly, I didn't think I was going to say. I agree with you 100%. I'd have not wanted to put the Niners in the conversation of best team in the NFL, but you have to now because 
they are certainly there's no way that you can look at the 49ers and say hey their biggest weakness is any worse than all these other teams biggest weaknesses because the saints can't throw the ball downfield the patriots can't throw the ball period yeah yeah. and and the ravens they just played them you know to basically a, a draw you know one or two plays here and it's in baltimore in the rain right that's not something you expect um the niners to play their best in yeah absolutely don't i mean they covered the spread and we talked about in that game if you got six and a half it was a good bet if you got six probably an okay bet and we saw it all the way down to five and a half and pop up to six at the at basically at close today and that was a good bet and i and i think it played out that way it was it was a game where the 49ers very much um looked apart it was it would to me it was very similar to when kansas city went to new england last year and lost and and we said okay new england's not to be messed with still but kansas city can play with, you know you go on the road and you lose by a field goal or whatever to, you know we basically cover the spread uh, against a team that has that kind of credentials you are for real so good on san francisco the issue is of course and you know t- tonight's game the issue is is they did lose and seattle with a game in in hand against san francisco in san francisco has an opportunity to draw closer uh, actually to a tie with that tiebreaker uh, with the niners tonight so it sucks that, you know, I still consider them, a, you know, one of the best teams in the NFL, probably better than Seattle, but Seattle tonight has a chance to to pull even with them. Um, so let's get on to the Monday night game on this. Better chance to win the Super Bowl, Ravens or Niners. And take out the path. Yeah. Say they both make it, you know. Oh, to win the game? Uh, I think San Francisco because, well... Try not to be hot takey here, but I I think San Francisco has a far better chance than people than the betting markets will say because I think I think that there's less regressible things about San Francisco than there are about Baltimore. For me, Baltimore is doing so many unique things that six weeks from now we might have caught the league might have caught up at least a little bit to them, and we saw today that even even if you pull closer to them even a little bit, you can keep that game close. Whereas San Francisco, to me, doesn't have... San Francisco pretty straightforward what they do. They play man coverage, they play three on defense, they rush the passer with really athletic linemen, and they have some good linebackers. And on offense, they play heavy and they run the football, play play action. You know. No, uh, I was going to say something very similar. Lamar Jackson lost his first fumble of the season yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. His first one. Whereas last season, and that's really what we wrote out about him this year, was that the, he fumbled like once a game last year. And if you get any sort of like negative fumble luck, right? He played from behind today for the first time in forever. And, you know, to his credit, he won. But, um, yeah, I think there's so much more that's regressible about the Ravens. And not to say they would not be favored against San Francisco from a neutral field. I just think San, what San Francisco does might be more stable moving forward. What? Is most important, we talked about with the Pats game, what's most important is your offense. And I don't think we've seen the best of the San Francisco 49ers offense yet. Mm-hmm. We've probably seen the peak of the Ravens offense. And so people are obviously going to be, and they should be, valuing the Ravens very highly. These are two of the best teams in the NFL. But I think they're probably closer than the 1-0 in in the win uh, column for each of these teams would indicate. Your Minnesota Vikings. They're going to Seattle. Uh, is, are they still? I think it's two and a half now. Uh, the, yeah, they they have been cons- been bouncing around between two and a half and three. The Seattle Seahawks are favored. Yep. Um, how confident, scale of one to ten, are you and Kirk Cousins on the road as an underdog? 
well, I'm less so now that Adam Thielen has been ruled out. And, and this is a game – now, we didn't give this out as a pick, so if you want to actually look at this stuff, obviously you know, use your Elite subscription, go to Greenline, see what we have here. But it's a thing where, you know, if it, – it's – I'm more confident in Kirk Cousins than I was six weeks ago. But I still look at the balance of these things, and I think that the disparity at the quarterback position is very high. Um, you know, the Seattle gets a, a decent amount of time off with the you know the week. week uh, you know, basically they get a week and a day after beating the Eagles, which is less of a feat now that we've seen the Eagles lose to the Miami Dolphins. But the Vikings are coming off of a bye, uh, and presumably, aside from Thielen, are getting healthy. So it'll be a really interesting matchup. I'm not confident that Kirk's going to go into Seattle and win though yes I'm not at all the tricky thing I really do like the Seahawks in this game as a two and a half point favorite Um, no Thielen I think hurts a lot especially because the the Seahawks don't have the greatest you know coverage unit so they're going to need all the help they can get from the Vikings offense and so I think the Vikings are going to try to lean on the run and all this stuff Um, but also the the Seahawks see the door opening, I think, mm-hmm. and they don't want to give that up. And so I think there's going to be an extra special bit of like, OK, we just win this game. Right. We have got all of the opportunities ahead of us. Right. We can win the NFC West. And so to me, that is huge. They have the MVP of the NFL and Russell Wilson, which you got him at plus 240, apparently. Uh, this rumor true plus I think I got him at plus 260 I when I I was just randomly looking at props and I saw Lamar Jackson at minus 225 and I thought to myself the Wilson bet is is far too good um you know we have Wilson in terms of war a half a win better than any other player in the league and that second player isn't isn't Lamar it's it's Dak Prescott uh going into the week so uh, I think I think I think Wilson is going to want to cement his his uh, MVP um, status. The interesting thing is we saw this last week. Uh, Chris Carson fumbled a lot, and he's been fumbling. He fumbled like consecutive plays in that game against the Eagles. Um, in that game, they just said, okay, we're just going to run a normal offense with Rashad Penny. What if they pivoted away from their normal offense and said, oh, Chris Carson's our best runner, no doubt about it, but he's not reliable. Let's pass the football. More. Yeah, who knows? Then if they pass the football, I mean, obviously this is wishful thinking and you should not assume rationality from coaches. But like if they did, I mean, it would be a pretty solid. They get Ed Dixon back at tight end. Obviously, Hollister's been fine for them. Um, Malik Turner had a, a pretty good game against the Eagles. Tyler Lockett is getting healthier after, a, like, I believe it was a shin injury. Josh and Gordon's got Josh Gordon, DK Metcalf. Like they, you know, we always talk about how they're 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 weak as, as far as having a lot of good players. But you take the Wagners, Clowney's healthy this week, healthy-ish. Wilson and his offense, and then the support. The support's been a lot better than we've thought. And, and I think, given how weak Minnesota is defensively relative to expectations, I think this number is just too short. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, here's the thing. The one worry for the Seahawks is that Russell Wilson gets eaten alive because they can't pass protect. So he's been under quick pressure. Mm-hmm. Highest he's been in the last three years. I think it's third most in the league. So that's what you're worried about. But he's also got all of the options with which to beat pressure via the pass. Mm-hmm. And it's way easier to beat that 
by passing on first and second down than it is on third down. So take those opportunities and say, look, instead of Chris Carson fumbling and bumbling and rumbling his way, let's give Russell Wilson a few better opportunities before it gets to third down. And I and I would say the the you know obviously Hunter and Griffin have been the most the most effective pass rushers from the edge in terms of volume this year. They have absolutely no interior push and so Wilson will be able to step up should he get exterior pressure uh, from the edge and I think that that's a small thing when you look at Minnesota's defense and you're you know when you're looking at this game it's an over their pass rush is an overrated part of their defense Mm -hmm. because it only comes from one it only comes from the edge and not the interior with you all right we're on the Seahawks great that can only that can only mean one second Monday night this month where we've sweated out a Seahawks team can only mean good things. All right, you ready to get on to uh, yeah? Let's do it next week. It'll be fun. Uh, some good games next week, like four or five, um, which is an upgrade over this week. Which is an upgrade. So let's start with Thursday night, which is Dallas at Chicago. Um, <laughs> Mitch, the funny thing is that they lost that game to the Lions. <laughs> we haven't talked about the Thanksgiving games, but like if they lose that game to David Blau, blow whatever the heck it is. Can you imagine. I mean, people are calling for Trubisky and Nagy's heads, right? Well, also, also our minus three and a half would have just put my Thanksgiving in a in a tailspin. But yes. yeah, that was that was a good one to get. Um, what do you have this one at? I prior so obviously I, I did this Saturday actually. So we've already seen the game the, the games between these two teams. I said Chicago would be getting two and a half at home, uh, and I have Chicago. Wow, I yeah uh, I have Chicago as a pick. Yeah, it's three. So the betting market still likes Dallas. So it's minus three. Totals forty three. Which okay, I I feel like there's this is like an emergency. You have to bet this right now. Forty three for the total in this game is an absolute is a play, right? Because yep. we had we had you know one of the picks Greenline had that we didn't print was Chicago versus Detroit over and it took a little bit to get over there but it was a pretty it was a pretty slam dunk one once you found out that David Blau was going to throw the ball downfield this is another one where I look at Chicago and you know their defense is decent right but defense doesn't matter the Dallas Cowboys have one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL you know from a EPA per play right, they just scored seven points yeah, but the, but in terms of like process wise, like they're oh no, I'm I'm supporting you. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying the market just saw them score seven points. Yeah, seven against New England, and then and then uh, no, yeah, and then fifteen against the Buffalo Bills, right? Right. So so and then Chicago, like granted, we think Dallas's defense is good, but they're not, right? So this to me, like I think the overs the play here on Thursday night. Um, this one's interesting. I don't know necessarily. Obviously, we would both be on the side of Chicago if you know our our guesses were uh, you know were were what we were going to have. Um, I'd be interested to see what Greenline has. But what's interesting about this one, if you're sitting there and you have Dallas under nine wins, and you have Chicago under nine and a half, you clearly want Chicago to win this game, yes? Yeah. Because you think Chicago's not going to win out, right? Right. Dallas. Basically, it has to go what four and zero to 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 beat over to go over nine, but you want them to go under nine, so you want them to finish two and two or worse. That part of that would be losing this game. So I think we're Bears fans on Thursday night. Yeah, is what I'm that saying. That was this game. I can tell you right now is going to be awful. <laughs> 
So, so we should move on. Okay. You think, you think it's going to be an underwhelming performance by all involved? Yes. Okay. Uh, San Francisco-New Orleans is the best game uh, of the weekend by far. Your Niners just giving us the best games of the weekend and the league giving the, us them at 1 o'clock. Which is uh, hurtful. Um, is this going to come... This feels like it's just going to come down to Jimmy G and Drew Brees. Which one of them is actually going to hit a deep shot? Yeah, well, I, and, and I... I never think of Jimmy G as the kind of guy who doesn't like to go downfield, but Jimmy G does not like to go downfield if no. you look at the data. Um, He's all about the intermediate passing game. But here's the thing about San Francisco's offense, though. Their receivers make plays after the catch that make their pass plays seem like explosive plays. Yeah. And so even though he doesn't chuck it, Debo Samuel drags like four dudes for 30 You know, Kittle's obviously a run-after-the-catch guy and, uh, you know— uh, Goodwin, when he's in, you know, when he's playing, uh, is is a good player in that regard. Whereas New Orleans almost never gashes you with pass plays. It's it's literally being perfect ten times and scoring a touchdown. So also their run game is like the run game uh, is analogous to taking deep shots. Yeah. So like their run game concepts, if they hit, yeah. they're gonna get massive gains. It's not like this. We'll hope for five yards. What do, you, what do you think the spread is? I have the New Orleans Saints favored by three. Okay, and I had him favored by two and a half, and it is three minus one fifteen. So, peop, so they are trying to get you to bet San Francisco against New Orleans off of a short week, or sorry, long long week. San Francisco off a relatively short week, second consecutive game on the road for the Niners. Yeah, so I I put this two and a half, and then I said, well, New Orleans has a few extra days of rest. The Niners are playing in a really yeah. awful kind of situation in Baltimore. Um, I, sus- okay. I suspect we'll be on New Orleans in this game. You think so? Yeah. At at minus three? Well, it'll be kind of like how the Patriots were, whereas if it's a juiced three, no. If it's three even money, yeah. probably. Um, but you look at it, I think, like, just— and actually, San Francisco has pushed forward in ELO here quite a bit, but— like just from a power ranking standpoint, but also the way that like the grades are composed, San Francisco, I think at receiver and quarterback are a little weaker, obviously. Yeah. And, and so our numbers are probably going to end up being on the side of New Orleans here or right. not or nothing. Can I tell you something? What? I love the Niners here. I do. T- I, I like we like the Niners last week, though, too. And the Saints just I and I've been the a, Saints are a good version of the Patriots sometimes. I have been uh, on the Saints bandwagon, but man, they just like don't they don't look impressive to me. And again, it's always the question of omission versus commission. Like you're playing the Falcons on Thursday night, you know that they're going to kick a field goal on first down, not not to go down seven, but to go down eight. Yeah, yeah. Like you know that that team's no offense, like the the dumbest box of rocks at, at times, like. Do you do you empty the tank? Because I think you empty the tank when you think you might get the one seed. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, so no, I I know, but, but does empty motivation, the tank motivation is is a BS narrative to bet on. So does I, empty the tank mean that uh, Taysom Hill's going to get some more snaps? They start Teddy. That's what I'm here for. Undefeated. That should Teddy. be a great game. I can't believe that it's at one again. Um, the Ravens, who just played the Niners, are playing in Buffalo. Um. Against Josh Allen, who now all of a sudden is 
positioning himself nicely to be Trubisky 2.0. Yes, that's true. He's not good, but yes, sorry. I... Yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, look, in that Dallas game, he was fine. But that game was a loss by Dallas. Mm-hmm. An absolute loss by Dallas. And the Buffalo Bills were there to pick up the pieces and win the game. But, it, you know, they had a trick play. Goes for a touchdown, all this stuff. Dak Prescott's fumbling all over the place. Um, so I'm not necessarily buying into it. What did you have this one at? I made the game three and a half uh, Buffalo, plus three and a half at home. Yeah, I have them plus three. And we would be on the side of Buffalo if this is how it ended up wow. shaking out. Because the Ravens are five and a half point road favorites. Man. In Buff. Um, yeah, we're going to be on Buffalo this week. <laughs> and I don't, like, I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Buffalo, so so um, somebody on, uh, you know, Lee Sharp, you know, pretty cool guy, tweets about analytics and stuff. He had like sort of this tiers of intelligent teams he put out today. And I thought that it was very well thought out. And people were saying, well, Buffalo's a little low. I, I think Buffalo has a plan. Like, I think Buffalo has, you know, given some constraints. Obviously, one of the constraints being that you drafted Josh Allen, right? And But I think Buffalo, and we saw this on Thursday, Buffalo does a lot of things right. Yeah. Yeah, they like they play great defense from the back to the front. They, they have receivers that accentuate the strengths of the quarterback who's not, you know, it's, it's very much like the Ravens where your quarterback's not perfect, so we're going to build an environment for him to succeed. Now, Allen's like half the player that, you know uh lamar is but still um and they make they make good decisions so like i think five and a half is way too much for buffalo to be getting here i I think it's ridiculous and the steam that the ravens have gotten is both deserved and in just like inflationary right like we should praise them for all of their good results we should not be like totally dissuaded by the fact that well, maybe we shouldn't overreact yeah. to the recent results. You have a bullseye on your back now. People are going to try to stop you. And early in the season, you had a claim that you could make that say, like, we haven't even unleashed our greatest stuff yet because, you know, they, they won by, like, one score to the Bengals once. They, you know, they barely beat some bad teams, right? And then they did unleash a bunch of stuff on some great teams. But now you've unleashed, unleashed your stuff on great teams. Now it's on to the league to respond. And I think Buffalo, 10 days off, yeah. Uh, the thing about Lamar Jackson that I think is crazy, he he's the reverse RG3. So he finds a way to not take hits when it looks like it should be a really bad hit, whereas RG3 just found a way to get absolutely crunched no matter what. And I always worry that at some point he's just going to take a massive hit. He hasn't so far. Yep. I was worried it would happen against San Francisco. He's just so darn skilled at that. Um, he's interesting because I never think that Kyler Murray will take a big hit because of the way he's built. Like, he does a very good job of that. Jackson is built differently. And, in some, yeah, when he runs, I am a little – I do get a little worried for his – He's just so well-being. quick and so slippery. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, this would be the game of the week, but the way that Tom Brady is looking yeah. – uh, wow, this is okay. It's wow. gonna take it's gonna take a backseat to San Francisco, New Orleans, and it's the reason I would assume that San Francisco, New Orleans is staying at one p.m. because there's no way that CBS CBS has said look or Fox. Yeah, which I think it's Fox, right? Is Kansas that, City, New England. Oh, sorry, Kansas City. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, CBS said look. This is going to be our 425, and yeah. thou shalt put no other games alongside it. Uh, 
I have the New England Patriots uh, as a five-point favorite. Wow. I said three and a half. Um, and it's two and a half. Wow. Minus 110. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense after this game. Yeah. Um, obviously, doing so, this before. If, you, if, if they beat Houston... It's three and a half still, I think. Because I don't think you move it at all off of beating the Raiders. Because Derek Carr... Is just always a. Trap. I mean, that was the a Derek, bus, a bus fire in Kansas yeah. City every time, and and again, but I and I think New England, like if they would, if New England would have beat Houston like forty five three, then yeah, probably a little bit, um, but if they would have just covered tonight and played you know better, I would have said three and a half, which is where it was last year for basically this exact game. You know, fast forward now, this is a great question. So if you had to choose a side here. Ah, yeah, like because I I feel I I don't feel strongly at all. I think that the two and a half is begging us to bet the Patriots. It is. It is begging us to bet the Patriots. I mean, this is a okay. I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I want a little I want a little like cheddar on the game, and I bet Kansas City money line just for like a small amount, just to you know want to see that happen. But from a from a actually like a I have you know good information I. I don't think that there's I don't think there's anything here to suggest that either side's a good a good side here. I'm I'm going to stick with my priors here. Okay? So obviously I had New England favored by 5 now. I was presuming that they beat Houston. Yeah. Um and I was underwhelmed by their performance in Houston to say the least. Yeah. But just like my performance tonight wasn't great, I'm still betting on myself to be able to make it into work tomorrow. Not, not a bad bet. So you don't walk to work, which is always funny to me because it's like a, it's a reasonable walk. It's a, yeah, but it's too long. Yeah, it, it, does, it is. It's a, a waste of time. Yeah. Well, and plus you exercise vigorously, whereas somebody like me who exercises a decent amount, but that walk would it be is, a second, good second workout for somebody like me. It wouldn't be for you. It's just a waste of my time. That's like true. it takes me three minutes to get here on my but bike. Would you, it takes me yeah, 25 yeah. minutes to walk. But Sands bike, you, also, you Uber here generally, right? Mm-hmm. And you hate Ubers in Cincinnati, so it's just—it's it's an efficiency some, thing. Okay, so you trade you trade smelliness for efficiency. Yes, the the thing is, I only Uber if the conditions in prevent the, me. So you just have you ever gotten in and said no, this sucks, and like closed the oh, door? Oh yeah. Okay, I've done it once. Yeah, I tr- I would have done it. I would do it more, but my girlfriend's mortified by it, so <laughs> I've had to you suck don't do it up. around her. Yeah, I, she's so nice to the Uber drivers, and I'm like sitting she's a there. Sweetheart, I, I have a story for you at the end <laughs> of the. Maybe we'll make it there. I, I don't have any stories from this weekend. Other, you know, okay. I, so I have a tremendous Uber story. I have a tremendous Uber story. All right, all right. Uh, Sunday night football is the Seattle Seahawks going into Los Angeles to play the Rams. How much did the Rams beat down at the Arizona Cardinals? Change your opinion. Look, it really helped because that was at the Green Line's, I think, biggest play of the week. Uh, by the time that that got bet down to two and a half, yeah. somehow, somehow um, Arizona was getting money this week to do that. Well, it's because they played those close games against San Francisco. And everyone's like, well, look, they're just this team that you can't kill. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that you actually can because they have no idea what, what the Rams, defense is. The Rams were not messing around today defensively. Nope. They did not allow much of anything to happen. I said that the Rams would be favored by one here at home. What say you? Uh, I have the Rams as a one-and-a-half-point underdog. 
And you were closer than I was because now this is basically three even money for Seattle or two and a half minus two, minus 120. So, the, and, and this is going to go against stuff we just said, but like it's hard for me to square the idea that the Rams are, I mean, I guess their home field advantage isn't that big, but they're like, a, you know, almost six points worse than the Seahawks. Yep. I I have an, I have an issue with this as well. I, uh, I it's it's weird because this is this is do all. the Seahawks scare you? They, they scare me from a Russell Wilson is so good standpoint. Yeah. But does any other part of them really scare you that much? They don't scare me from a this team's going to blow out my team way. You know what I mean? Like they, I well okay. I almost think anytime you can bet Seattle as an underdog, you do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but I think like laying points with them, it would be a nightmare. And that's, you know, tomorrow night, that's probably why we didn't write it up, frankly. Um, but like laying points with them is kind of a nightmare. So uh, they, they don't, they scare me in one way, but not in another. Whereas the Rams are sort of that team where like I, I, I sort of think, except for a few random games here and there, like you run in, in front of a bus with San Francisco, you run in front of a bus with Baltimore, you're basically going to get what you're going to get with the Rams. Here's what I'll say about the Rams. They are a team that if you if they face a really good team, they're just going to get destroyed. A really good defense. Hold on. Yeah. The Seahawks are not a really good team. They are a supremely average team with an outstanding out of his mind quarterback there is a huge difference right not this is why you have different metrics for different components of each team's play because not all teams are created equally the ravens are a much more complete team they came out and absolutely blitzed the living hell out of the rams and the rams could not respond but that's not what the seahawks do and so to me this is an excellent opportunity um so jared yeah, to take the Rams. Jared Goff showed today that he's really good at throwing against air um, from a clean pocket. He played twenty-seven of or twenty-four, twenty-seven passes, three hundred one yards, eleven yards per pass attempt, and he was uh, nine of ten throwing between ten and nineteen yards. It was like it was literally the the hey the Rams offense is back right like Robert they ran Woods, play action forty seven percent of the time Robert, I think Robert Woods had let me look here thirteen catches on fifteen tar- it was like Robert Woods was like I, I was looking at our fantasy projections you know because and I was like oh crap we were high on Robert Woods and Robert Woods is like no worries I'm gonna make it gotcha, all back guys. in one week um, so he had a great day Tyler Higby on the side of defense does matter has done what every tight end has ever done against the Cardinals this year, which is a hundred yards and a touchdown. So I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that game. Um, but it, I just hope we don't pick it because Sunday night football has been like, no, this fun is Monday. Oh uh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sunday night football yeah. has been no fun for us for a couple weeks here. Yeah. I, I don't Ugh. I just want to enjoy the Russell Wilson MVP train. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to enjoy. Uh, Monday Night Football? Or are we going? Or we, that's on the that's we're going to talk. Game. That's a crappy game because it's got the Eagles in it. So why don't we lead off the crappy games with the Monday Night Football game, which is the New York Giants and turnover machine Daniel Jones against the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the Miami Dolphins. So I want to ask you this: more embarrassing loss, Philadelphia or Cleveland? I mean. 
Okay, so I got this wrong last week, but I'm going to get it right now. Would you rather lose to a quarterback whose name is Duck or a quarterback whose beard looks like the bill of a duck? Because that's really what you're asking. Yeah, I think it's worse to lose to Duck Hodges. i got to be honest with you. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a real NFL quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick went 6-for-7 on throws 20-plus yards downfield. He He was dealing. Devontae Parker— 11 yards per pass attempt when pressured. Devontae Parker ate alive Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. I mean, just ate them alive. Cleveland, on the other hand— Scored, what did they score, 10 points? They, they got out to a 10-0 lead, and they finished with 13 points. I mean, you're kidding me, right? Yeah. Well, and the, again, this shows... The Cleveland Browns, check this out. The Cleveland Browns were a favorite over a Ben Roethlisberger-led Steelers to win that division. They're under 9.5 uh, win total, by the way, cash today. I find that amazing. Um, <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing. Again, it, it shows again how par- how how much looking at defense will lead you astray. Philadelphia over the past few weeks, right? They held New England to 17 points. They held Seattle to 17 points. What what was happening in those games? Well, Seattle played like crap offensively. Like they didn't execute. New England, we know now, is crap offensively. Then they get, like you said, Darby and Mills. Jerry Mills has been out there for weeks doing this thing. Yep. And we at the office just like kind of make fun of him because we know that it's just like quarterbacks sailing passes over open receivers. Not, not today. Not today. It would be like if Matumbo finger wagged when someone missed a shot, yeah, but yeah. he didn't block it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. wide open for three. You miss. I'm just going to give you the. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, uh, I don't know. I mean. The, 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 here's the thing. The Eagles still have a chance to win that stupid division. Eight and eight's going to win so, that division. So that loss cannot be more embarrassing than Freddie Kitchens wearing a Pittsburgh started shirt when he takes his daughter to see Mr. Rogers the night before and then gets absolutely spanked <sighs> by Duck Hodges. Well, and the thing with May- Mayfield ha- was very efficient early in the game. Hurt his hand. Hurt his hand. Became, well, and he was also very efficient early in the last Pittsburgh game. And fell off. I mean, this has been a disappointing year for Baker, but it's sort of been this in this inconsistent way. Let I, me um, let me tell you some crazy numbers here. One receiver catches seventy one percent of his passes, twelve touchdowns, two drops, two interceptions into his uh, when targeted. Another receiver catches fifty seven percent of his his balls, uh, two touchdowns. Four interceptions, six drops. Yeah, one's Jarvis and one's Odell Beckham, right? No, they're both Odell Beckham. One is Odell Beckham, his rookie year with Eli Manning. (laughs) The second is Odell Beckham with with Mayfield this year. Yeah, I mean... Mayfield... Worse than Eli Manning? Yeah, I'd hate... You hate to... No, I'm legitimately curious. Like, does... Is this Odell? Is this Mayfield? Is this Freddie Kitchens? Because it's a disaster. Yeah, what'd you put the number at for this uh, New York Giants? Philadelphia <laughs> We're game? getting back to the Giants and yeah. Philly here. Finally, uh, I have Philly as a five and a half point favorite. Wow, I, I said Philly at seven and a half. And again, we did this before the games today. We were apparently pretty telepathic because the Philadelphia Eagles are laying eight and a half against wow. the Giants. Wow. So, okay, humor me here. Wow. How do the how does the Philadelphia Eagles cover this spread? Well, show me a path. 
the pathway is Daniel Jones just getting eaten by Fletcher Cox. Okay. But it is are, – are some of the things Jones is doing to turn the ball over unstable? I, I agree. I mean, I'm just saying, like, okay, how does, how does Philadelphia cover this number 55% of the time or more? Well, I don't think they do, clearly. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> That's why I have the Eagles favored say, by five and a half. Because I would say if, if Jones – like, Jones has done – like, Sterling Shepard – he has a pretty good rapport with him. Slayton is a pretty good receiver. Yeah. I think Golden Tate probably will be back this week. Evan Engram as well. Like, and Barkley had a Barkley got over eighty yards rushing today for the first time since I believe week. No, two. when you said eight and a half, I, I mean, thankfully was sitting in a chair. That's ridiculous to me. Yeah, and and to me, I think that this game plays to the Giants, and and it is plus one or minus one fifteen. But wow, it, it does not make a whole lot of sense to me. Okay, that was. The one game of the crappy games that we're going to spend time on. Now, we begin to roll. You ready for this? Surely. Carolina at Atlanta. Hey, that was a big game for us as well. We had Washington plus 10.5, plus yes. 385, all that kind of stuff. So that was nice to have. But um, Yeah, by the way, it's Cyber Monday. You guys should use Cyber 40, I think it is, yeah. uh, and get yourself a nice little end-of-the-season gift um, because well, – Here's the thing. You don't want to listen to us because we're the two idiots that pick all the games that aren't going to win and send them to you, which is really actually great. Um, We're pushing people to the site. Yeah. Right. That's just the type of of martyrs that we are. Um, But you want to go to Greenline and take advantage of sample size plus bowl season, all those things. Championship games this week for college football, bowl seasons as well, as you as you said. And then, of course, the remaining uh, four weeks of the regular season and playoffs. Carolina at Atlanta. Spread is. I said, okay, this is going into the week. I said yep. Atlanta would be getting two and a half points at home. Wow. I had Atlanta minus three. It is Atlanta minus two. So apparently getting kind of like kind of pitter pattering your way in the Mike Tirico game um, gets you a little bit more love than. Scoring 14 and then not scoring again. Who's uh, the coach of Atlanta next year? And who's the quarterback of Carolina? Uh, I think the quarterback for Carolina is Cam Newton. Um, I think the coach for the Atlanta Falcons is... this. I'm going to throw a name out there that I think might happen. Matt Rule of Temple. Or sorry, of Baylor, formerly of Temple. Interesting. Um, I'm going to say the head coach of Atlanta is Eric Bieniemy, and Cam Newton is the quarterback because he's their best option. Yeah, I mean that's, it makes. And the people are like, "Oh, they should trade him to the Bears." What are the Bears going to trade to Carolina? Exactly. For? They have no pick. A Khalil Mack Nike yoga outfit. Um, I say that because he's a Nike yoga. Eric Bieniemy is a good is a good option. I think. Uh, Indy. Our Colts might actually get some players that uh, they have on their roster back. They go to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. In watching this game, by the way, the Indianapolis Colts game, I wrote multiple times, I can't believe that Frank Reich has turned this group of players into a competitive football team. Yeah, They had, they had a 10-point lead to start the second half. A lot of things went wrong. Sucks. I think we were on the right side. I agree. Uh the Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> destroyed Nick Foles to the point where they put Gardner Minshew back I'm, in. I'm trying not to get my hopes up for this over six and a half wins, but this would be a big one. This would. In, the, in that journey. So do you think Tampa's favored? 
Uh, I had Tampa going into the week minus one. That's exactly what I had. And after what happened today, they are minus three, minus 116. So a lot of love for Tampa Bay. There's been a ton of love for Tampa Bay all season in the betting can, markets. Can I tell you this? I, I love this. As a Colts? Yes. Okay. I kind of do too, but we, you know, Tampa Bay has taken a, sh- a ton of money in the betting market all week. They were underdogs in, in yep. uh, Jacksonville, and then that game got all the way out to Jacksonville plus three by the time uh, it closed. Colts started the week last week minus two and a half, got all the way out to plus one. So people have been fading the Colts. This game might get out. So if you like the Colts in this spot, it might benefit you to wait until it gets to three and a half or four. I mean, because because that's the way things have been moving this year. Uh, just kind of wait on that. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope Tampa Bay wins just from our win totals perspective, but I could totally see the Colts uh, keeping this game very close. Miami at the New York football Jets. I have the Jets favored by five. I went to a New York Jets game today. It was hilarious because it was we talked about it on the pod as well. Um, it was a it was a classic letdown spot for them, and they for sure let down. I said the Jets would be seven and a half point favorites before I saw them lose to the Bengals with my own two eyes. What is it? What did you say? I said five. It's six. They are six point favorites at the Dolphin or against the Dolphins at home. Great. Moving on. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, the Detroit Lions are going to face your Minnesota Vikings, probably with David Blow again. And I'm sure he'll do all of that. I have the Vikings here by 10.5. I said 7.5. And, um, and it doesn't look like. Do you have a line available? I'll find one. Why are we so different on this one? You just you said, think Detroit's just. David Blow. Yeah, but Detroit's been competitive in every game. It's in Minnesota. I don't disagree. I'm, I, I I think that they're going to get beat, but Detroit's had a lead in every single game this year. Minnesota minus 14. Or, okay, so... I'm just telling you, that's the at home against bad competition, the Vikings are huge favorites every time. Yeah, I, I would just say the last time that that happened, it was Denver, and like we just see... like. David Blow, like David Blow, we saw on Thursday with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. I think Hawkinson's probably out, but like they're they're not a team that's just going to lay down. Like they played hard. Look at fourteen. At fourteen, I, I would take play. the Lions as well. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think that's what the line was going to be. I've been overly high on Detroit all year, so I'll... Yeah, well, I'll overly high just explains you at all times. I'll, I'll, I'll take some. Speaking bro. of David Blow, Denver at Houston. Uh, I have the Houston Texans before their euphoric win as a seven-point favorite. I had nine and a half. Um, do you? Because do I don't think it's up there yet. I don't know why Kansas City New England's up there, but on Bet Online, but Houston definitely. Uh, Houston is an eight-point. Okay, so we're kind of there. in the middle there. Um, Drew Locke gave life. Drew Locke played the same game that David Blow played. He played a very Flacco-esque game, I thought. A well, young all Flacco. The way, all the way down to the pass interference. Yeah, probably. but he put some shots up, and here's the thing. Cortland Sutton is freaking good. Yeah. So if it weren't for Isaac Yadam, by the way, the Denver defense would be legit. But that guy <laughs> just gets Randy Moss at least once a game. Can we talk Can we talk just briefly about how bad Anthony Lynn managed that end of the game? Oh, my Lord in like, heaven. 
Mike Mike Williams catches the ball at the 40 right before the two-minute warning on a fourth down, a play that you should not have seen get made anyway. Mind you, after taking fourth and one and turning it into fourth and 11. And then they ran, they acted like they were setting up the game-winning field goal, not the go-ahead field goal, not like not the the tie to go to overtime field goal. So bad. It was so bad. Can people always say, "Oh, this is every single Chargers game." It's been like I think the Chargers' badness is magnified under under Anthony Lynn in terms of like their their head scratching moves at the end of games. And part of this, I think, is the fact that they were something like six and one, seven and one, or whatever in close games last year. Like, did this reinforce his, his like the way that they act at the end of games? Because they they have a positive point differential this year, and they are four and eight. They they have turned a roster that is freaking good in despite injuries and holdouts. And it's stuff. the most Chargers thing ever. It's That's the, the most, only way I can. But I he can like put it. he embodies. He embodies the he Chargers. He embodies He's perfect. Snatching defeat from the hands of victory. What is so funny is that they're one of the few organizations where the owner just doesn't want to fire the coach, so he's never going to like care about any of these things. Um, they are. It's it's not a good look for them because it honestly it, like. If I didn't believe that Anthony Lynn were a good dude who was trying to win these games, I'd legitimately think, think he, was he was throwing trying to games. Lose yeah, it's like actually all the that interviews bad. and stuff make Anthony Lynn out to be He's a, a, great, a great guy, and, and and that's why it's it's hard to talk about this. But like, can't they hide? Like, if I were Anthony Lynn, I would. You are similarly muscled, by the way. I, I he's probably a better person than I am. But with that being said, wouldn't you be yeah. like, hey, can I get someone to help me with these decisions? No. I mean, that's the point. A lot of uh. these people. So the people that do that are the Har- Jim, John Harbaugh, who you've been in your position for 13 years yeah. or 12 years or whatever. And control doesn't mean as much to you as it once did. Right. Like these these guys who are younger and they're like. Yeah, you I know, guess. self-conscious. They love control, and unfortunately, that key, that leaves that ability away from them. I think. Cincy at Cleveland. Ugh. What do you have? Uh, I said it was minus ten and a half. I have Cleveland minus seven and a half. It is minus eight. There you go. Great. Yeah. So, did you think the Bengals were going to win-win today? Going in, did you? Oh, I, I thought they had a very good chance, yes. but I didn't think they would win by sixteen. No, no, no. I thought they had a good chance to win a close game. Yeah, yeah. After Sam Darnold was uh, overly intoxicated at Bounce in New York City, being carried by Jamal Adams around town. Look, I've been to Bounce. I ain't never been carried out of Bounce. Thank God. Uh, that sounded stupid, but it's late. Washington at Green Bay. Ugh, imagine Green Bay, fourteen and a half point favorite. I, I said thirteen and a half, and it is it is thir- it is fourteen right now. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that the Redskins don't manage to maintain their uh, tremendous play. But here's the more important piece of this whole thing: the Green Bay Packers will probably win this game. The Green Bay Packers' offense is not better than it was last year. It's not. Yeah, it's they've sucked both years. Yeah. Is that are people like just blind to this fact? They're just, they're not good. Yeah. Well, that's why I think I think Washington's defense is good enough to make Aaron Rodgers look bad enough for our friend Ben to tweet. Mm. Yeah. So there are some games where Ben just has to kind of you know not tweet because like against Oakland he's just 
just chucking yeah. up dimes. I think and Rodgers today, you know, you know, was aggressive and all that nonsense, and he looked fine. But like Washington's defense, like is actually decent, and I think like they're they might not cover this number, they might not win against real things. NFL teams. Their offense is not good. They're, yeah. So anyway, I I think Rodgers is pushed a little bit in this game. It doesn't mean they'll lose or not cover, but yeah. I mean, Dwayne Haskins in Lambeau, December. Did, did we? Did, I didn't watch this game live. Did Haskins play well? No. The the Washington Redskins ran all over well, the Carolina. Panthers. We talked about the Panthers' defense is not very good, and people said we were idiots. But you know, the Panthers overall are not very good, despite the fact that they have a generational talent running back. You hate to see it. Um, we're getting to uh, the most generational talent. Uh, of all running backs, the Tennessee Titans and generational running back Derrick Henry are facing Oakland and generational talent at running back Josh Jacobs, who, by the way, had 100 yards in the first half, and yet his team was getting absolutely drilled. I could have never seen that coming. I have the Oakland Raiders as a three-point favorite at home. Uh, I had Oakland as a one-point favorite at home. Ooh, you love the Titans. I think... Yeah. What is I, it? It's the Tennessee Titans are two and a half point road favorites wow. trending towards three. It's minus 120. So I am just way them. off on this. I think Tennessee's defense is better than people give it credit for. But so I think Tennessee's defense is just good enough for you to bet on them against a good team and for them to get railroaded. Yeah. You know, like when they play Houston. Like people are gonna be like, oh, you know, Logan Ryan off the edge or off the you know off the slot, and like you know uh, Kevin Byard's awesome, and like Cameron all this kind of stuff, and and then Houston's just gonna be like, ding ding ding, you know, they're gonna throw all over them. Like I think, but then those types of defenses are the types of defenses that eat against Derek Carr, you know. Yeah. So like, so that that's you know. Whereas if this gets to three, I'm taking Oakland because I love. That now that Oakland is out of it, yeah, and this is exactly when Derek Carr gets it back together, and I'm just going to fade the Ryan Tannehill thing. This is in, not a quit spot. Oakland is not a quit team, right? Because they are they're playing for John Gruden. And look, we're you're only 20 percent away through this contract, fellas. If you, you're either with me or you're not, and I think the but thing- John Gruden can't give his two stones over to Derek Carr to use in a game. Yeah. Where he forgets but his Carr, home. Carr doesn't quit or play like a. Carr doesn't quit. He just sucks some games. Like he's just brutal in some games. Like so. So I yeah. think Carr's thing is that in in those big games he is like too worried to make a mistake because he thinks he's got to be perfect to beat these teams, and as a result, he just like doesn't cut it loose. That's remember, my, remember my they take. went to London and beat the Bears. I do. That was such like a. Despite not having Cleo Mack. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to Arizona to face the Arizona Cardinals. Um, what do you have this one at? I said Pittsburgh would be favored by two and a half. Oh, my Lord. I have Arizona favored by three. Arizona is, sorry, Pittsburgh is one and a half point favorites. With Duck Hodges. <laughs> With Duck Hodges. Guys, come on now. With Duck Hodges? We got to. We got to be. I, I, I'm going to. Kyler Murray is an underdog to Duck Hodges. Uh, but again, I'm going to circle back and say what I what I said about Tennessee's defense. I double down on that for Pittsburgh. Okay. So I think Pittsburgh's defense is good enough for us to be convinced 
that they're good enough to carry this team and we're going to be wrong a lot because Ducks, the quarterback, you know, yeah. and defense doesn't matter. But is Juju going to be back for this game? Right. So, well, and Washington was tremendous was today. Um, you know, the, and uh, Vance McDonald, of course, the running game, like they, they somehow find running backs that aren't first round picks or, yeah. or I'm just saying the better, the better quarterback is getting points at home. Yeah, but Pittsburgh is really good up front offensively. They have really good receivers, especially if they're healthy. And I'm imagining Juju. The knee wasn't considered the worst part. It was the concussion. Yeah. So he'll probably be back. Deontay Johnson as well. Like, they, it's duck. That's the issue. And honestly, the thing, like, Mike Tomlin was 100% correct. Mason Rudolph was killing them. Duck was doing just enough. Like, Arizona's defense is horrible. Pittsburgh's is not. The offense is, yes, there's a huge disparity between Duck and Kyler, but there's not, like, their supporting cast are not that far yeah. apart. Okay. Your favorite uh, game that if you had to bet it now, you'd bet it now. Uh, did we not do uh, Chargers Jacksonville? We did those. We did Chargers Jacksonville, didn't we? Uh, I, yeah, it's two and a half. I, I thought we did. Maybe we didn't. I no, put, we talked about Denver, and then we got on the, the topic of we got on the topic of the Chargers. I have it here after Washington Green Bay, so maybe we didn't actually yeah. do it. Well, I, I guessed it would be two and a half. It is two and a half. What did you guess it? Uh, that's why you wanted to bring it up. I have Jacksonville as a one and a half point underdog. Yeah, so we're basically on the market there. So that game sucks. So I wonder if Gardner Minshew will play, though. I don't. I couldn't care less. Okay. All right. Both those teams are absolute <laughs> frauds. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville's under win total, by the way, cashes both seasons uh, in a row. Uh, defense doesn't matter as it would with uh, and without Blake Portals. Uh, you're f- the line that you were most excited to go home and bet if we ever make it home. Um, oh man, I'm looking here, looking. Ah, uh, Buffalo plus five and a half. Yep. That is uh, that is the one that I had starred. I had one more, and I'm trying to find it here. Uh, oh, yeah, Detroit. Yeah. They get a long break. They're going to Minnesota. I think Minnesota's a little fraudulent. Um, and I think I think the Rams as well. Yeah, oh. I would say Washington's another one for me. Plus 14 is just too much. I think Washington is clearly playing hard. Yeah. The Dwayne Haskins like absolute stinker is a real possibility. Yeah, he the he, Giants, however, getting eight and a half. That's another one. Yeah. So there, there's hold on. So now it, it's clear to us just like by looking at these that there might be some value on the board this week. Do we think there'll be more or less like what what game do you think will surprise us? Like we see now that might have value that Greenland's like no, this is pretty on market. Um. Huh. Like, because I think Washington plus 14, the model's going to like that because Green Bay's not very good and Washington's fine. I don't disagree with that. Um, I think we'll probably like New England minus two and a half. Uh, Yeah. For me, I think we'll probably like the. I think, well, we're not going to like the Eagles, but I don't think Giants plus eight and a half will actually be a numeric, like a model play because there's a lot of crap built into the Giants numbers. That's fair. Oh, I also like Indy. I want Tampa Bay to win that for the win total. Of course you yes. do. Yeah. Have some, <laughs> have some loyalty here. Yeah. No, not loyal. To, oh, to that, to uh, Francis? 
Francis Reich. You just punted on Frank Reich. No, I haven't. I I like Indianapolis long term. Okay. And we 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 just had them last week. Skating of the around. All right. What's your story? Uh, the Uber story. The oh. last one. Before All right. We before we go. Yes, it's so late. Speaking of, I gotta shoot. Yeah, I have to get myself an Uber too. Stoked about it. So I get in an Uber to go to dinner, and there's a ton of traffic because there's some Trans Siberian Orchestra playing in Cincinnati. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, so I correctly <laughs> we get in the Uber and. My girlfriend comments, wow, there's a lot of traffic here. You know, you don't see this that often. And the lady who's riding, who, by the way, I've requested that she shut up. Um, oh, because you, you can do that. That's yes, because this is an Uber if, comfort. If I don't request her to be quiet, does she imply, does she seem to, because I've been getting a lot of chatty people lately. Is it like, is my omission of that request a green light then? If you order an UberX, you don't get to request oh, it. I see. I see. Okay. So uh, she immediately goes, "Well, yeah, it's it's a it's a hol- you know it's a Friday during the holidays," and I'm like, "Well, I live here, and like it's never actually, cr- you know, um, yeah. there's no traffic ever, ever." So I'm like, "There must be an event at the U.S. Bank Stadium." So uh, we're sitting in traffic. We're sitting in traffic, um, and basically we're on this street where to the right. The right two lanes go to the stadium, and the left two lanes allow you to like get onto a freeway. And we want to get onto the freeway, but this lady is sitting in the right two lanes, and keeps telling us like how she's from New York and like she's such an aggressive driver, and all this stuff. And she has also supposedly lived in Cincinnati for fifteen years, yet doesn't realize that the left two lanes are where she needs to be and there's no traffic in them. So instead of us being late to dinner, she could just get in the left two lanes and get onto this freeway. She doesn't realize this for 15 minutes. We sit in traffic. Finally, we get there. We cruise through. I am ready to have a seizure. I am so mad. So we then roll by this, uh, this apartment building that I know is terrible because when i was moving here i was warned about how terrible it was i looked at a couple of places in that apartment building it is a dumpster fire and she goes oh this apartment building is one of the nicest ones in cincinnati politicians and uh, baseball players live there <laughs> like this one i at that moment realized that i got a pathological liar as an uber driver just has no idea what she's talking about and that actually made me kind of worried like this is this is the type of person that ends up killing someone that they pick up and leaving them in a ditch. Eventually, we made it to dinner. And you're alive. And I'm alive. Ironically, you got close to death on your own. <laughs> I was far worse getting myself to work than this woman. But I've never experienced someone that is just like so out and out a pathological liar in an Uber. I've had crazy people try and sell me their Christmas CD, but no one ever just be blatantly lying. Did you ever lying, buy right? the Christmas CD? <laughs> uh, that's my story. Anyways, um, enjoy the Monday night game, and we'll see you guys next week. 